Hello and welcome to the 1106 of a second photography podcast. In this episode today, I'm going to talk about my packing of kit. I had a shoot lined up for the weekend and it got cancelled at the last minute. And I'd actually spent a long time packing my kit. And I spent a long time charging things and getting things ready. And while I was getting things ready and charging things, I thought perhaps an episode about batteries would be quite good because we all use batteries. And then when the shoot got cancelled, I looked at my bag that was ready to go by the door. My kit and packing my kit and how what I take and what I do would probably be more interesting than an episode about batteries. It's not to say batteries is a bad idea for an episode because I think I would have made it good. But yeah, I'm going to go with packing my kit. So I do two types of shoots really. I do a street photography shoot and I do a portrait shoot. And the portrait shoot can be as complicated as I want it to be. And the street photography shoot is normally fairly uncomplicated. The other type of shoot that people are going to pack for, which I don't really do, is landscape photography shoot. So if I were to do a landscape photography shoot, I would take a bag, a DSLR, probably my full frame DSLR, and I would take a lens, probably a 50 or a 35. And I would consider taking a tripod, but tripod is heavy, tripod is a hassle. And it's one of those things that when you lug a tripod round, you think, I don't want to be lugging this round. And when you don't lug a tripod round, you think, I need a tripod for this. I have a sort of base plate that is a halfway house between no tripod and a tripod. And it's just a metal base plate. Again, I've bought a cheaper version of a product that was more expensive. So the expensive product is called a platypod. And I bought a cheap version, which is called a decade plate. And essentially, it's just an aluminium sheet of metal with some holes drilled in and you can attach a tripod head to it and it gives you a flat surface to put your camera on but if you're not in a place that has a flat surface you've got these legs that stick out and you can use it to level it and I think the Decade has a leveling spirit head on although I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's the Decade or the Platypus that has that so you can level it to get it flat in the kit it comes with a velcro belt so you can tie it to a tree or you can tie it to a railing or something I would take that over a tripod any day but I know some people who are very serious about their landscape photography and they will always take a big sturdy tripod wouldn't want to hike up a hill with that that's just me let's talk about street photography if i do street photography i go to normally london to do it and i want to be as light as possible so i will take one camera and that is generally my fuji x70 that has a lens hood that i put on it and i have a strap with it and that's it that's all i want for street photography i might sometimes take my sony rx100 and i might if the weather's not very good take my olympus tg5 but i want one camera that's it things i could take would be maybe an ipad and a connector to review the images afterwards if i'm going into london take a rail card and I always take my Kindle as well for the train ride into London. Generally I put stuff in a small bag that doesn't scream photography bag. So I've got a Peak Design bag that's very small, the smallest one they do. They call it a pouch but it's big enough to put my camera in and a few other accessories. I normally stop in London and get water and food and stuff and I don't bring it with me. So in terms of street photography the lighter the better. In fact in some cases you can get away without having a bag just put your camera in your coat pocket i don't bring a dslr for street photography because i'd rather look like a tourist with a compact dslrs worry people and they're not as inconspicuous as a compact but this shoot i was doing on sunday was a portrait shoot i had with me i was going to take i should say because it didn't actually happen 
a light stand because I was going to use flash. So I had one light stand, not in my bag, that was in my boot. If it's a shoot I'm going to drive to, I don't care so much about the kit. If I'm going to London or I'm going on public transport or I'm walking there, then I do care a bit about the kit. I will take one bag and one bag only and I'll try and be as small and light as possible. So if I was going to London, I really wouldn't take a light stand. I might take something like a selfie stick instead so I could use flash, but I could hold it. Taking a light stand on the tube and stuff is, is a bit of a hassle, so I don't want to do that. Going back to my shoot on Sunday, light stand was in the boot. I had a backpack and it was one of those camera backpacks, but it doesn't quite scream camera bag as much as other camera bags. So in that, I went for my 200D. And I went for that because when I was getting things ready, I could find batteries for my 5D Classic. And I always take at least one spare battery, apart from this trip. So I could find my Canon 5D batteries and I could find my Canon 5D, but I could not find the memory cards for my Canon 5D. So in the end, I thought I won't take it just because I don't have the time to look for my memory cards. Now I didn't want to take my Canon 200D and my 200mm f2.8 lens. Taking the 200D, which is an APS-C body, meant I didn't want to take my 200mm lens because that would come out in a 320mm focal length, which was too much for what I wanted to do. Far too much. Be okay on wildlife shoot, but I wasn't doing a wildlife shoot. So I went instead for a 50mm. And the reason I chose my 50mm is because it's one of my favourite lenses. It gives incredibly good images. It goes down to f1.4, but also a 50 50mm on an APS-C comes out of roughly an 85mm focal length, which is perfect for portraits. An 85mm on an APS-C would come out at approximately 135 so it's fine. I don't want too much. On my 200D, I always have the EFS 24mm lens on. It's a pancake lens, so it takes up no room, and I found I'm using that an awful lot. It's a really good lens, it's really sharp. It equates to a roughly 35mm focal length once it's on an APS-C body and it's just really good and it takes up no space at all. So it's almost like having a lens cap. I thought I want portrait lens and I want a wide angle lens but I didn't sort of want to throw another lens in my bag but there was already a lens on the camera and that was fine, I'm going to keep that. So I put my Sigma in, I put my 200D in with the 24mm EFS lens on and I put in two flashes, put in my Nissan i40 and I put in my young Neuro 568 because I wanted to use flash. When you're just shooting natural light, you don't have much to worry about. So when you take flash, it cannot work. So if you drop your flash, that's it, it's gone. So I normally take two flashes, one as a backup. And I do off camera flash, so I take triggers. So I have Harnell triggers for Canon, which do TTL and HSS, because I wanted to do some TTL and HSS work. So I had those, and now I've got batteries that I need to worry about. So that was where the idea for the battery episode came from. I was making sure throughout the day, the day before, I was charging AA batteries. In my household, I want to eliminate all disposable batteries and just use rechargeables. And we've pretty much done that apart from when you buy a product and it comes with disposable batteries. Those are the only times we ever come across disposable batteries. And we normally put them in the TV remotes. So the TV remotes are solely supplied by disposable batteries that come with products. The Xbox remote, because it churns through batteries much quicker than a TV remote, just has rechargeables in all the time. I put some batteries in my flashes and I always take spares just because when you're shooting with flash, sometimes the flash won't work. Could be the triggers aren't turned on, could be the flash isn't turned on, could be the connections don't work, but nine times out of 10, it's the batteries in one of those things have gone. So you need to have spare batteries for your triggers. You need to have spare batteries for your flash. So it could be 
you take eight batteries because that will give you enough. It could be you take four spare batteries because if you take used batteries out of your flash, they've probably got enough energy in to power your triggers because triggers don't require much battery power, but flash does and flash really drains batteries. But it gets to a point where the flash won't work with pleated batteries. So you could chance it. I generally don't. I think it's not much more weight to carry a few more batteries. So I normally carry enough batteries to give each flash a spare set of batteries and each trigger a spare set of batteries. In in addition to that, I wanted to bring some modifiers and I recently got a mag mod grip. I'd already put that on my 568, so that was on my 568, and I've got a mag sphere and I've got mag grids. And I've not tried them yet, so I was looking forward to trying them this weekend. So they were going to be my modifiers of choice. Again, traveling light, as light as you can. You don't really want to be carrying around massive soft boxes unless you can avoid it. So I'll never know how good the Madmore system is. I'll know when I get to my next shoot. But yeah, for a portrait lens, just need to add a little bit of light to make it really good. I don't really like reflectors and it's really difficult for me to hold a reflector and to get it right and to take the picture and interact with the person. So I don't really like reflectors. Reflectors, you need someone to hold it. Similar thing with the light, but you can get where the light stand. So the flash with the grid on would just give a nice um, rim light or separation light. And if needed, I could add a bit more light to the face and the front. Now I only use one light because it, again it's only me so one light is enough to add a bit of oomph. Two is nice but uh, multiple lights are nice but they're not really needed. I also bring a black rapid strap to sling the camera around my body. Normally when I go anywhere I take some business cards just in case I do some snaps of people and I want to give them the picture later. It's got my contact details on. I also did pack a 360 camera. One of the first ones that came out because I can just hold that up, press a button and I can take an image for reference so I can get everything in. It's the Ricoh Theta, the first one. So I just hold it up, press it, and the auto exposure is really good on it. So I just hold it up, press it. If I decide to do a YouTube video or I want to have a look at the location and the shoot I did for reference, I can. I've also packed a spare pair of triggers which aren't TTL and aren't HSS but come in a nice small package so I've put those in as well. And that's it. Quite a lot of kit for just one shoot. Two lenses, two flashes, two sets of triggers, two sets of modifiers but a portrait shoot does normally have quite a lot of kit for me and sometimes I turn up with all that and I say and I'm traveling light today because I have drastically reduced the amount of kit I take my philosophy is if I cannot carry it myself or if I'm going to struggle to carry it myself I don't bring it I want something I can carry myself that isn't going to weigh me down and doesn't mean I'm exhausted by the time I get to shoot or exhausted by the end of the shoot so that's my kit thank you